stuff. Welcome to episode 23 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. Thanks so much for joining us. You've reached the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. On today's show, I talked to someone who I was in a conference with many years ago, and I was completely blown away by Ellen Allard's ability to command a room of at least 40 adults using kids' music. She had everyone up and dancing and singing along and doing all the hand motions. She is really and truly the real deal and certified good stuff approved also the triumphant return of dr eric who attempts to tackle one of life's most enduring medical mysteries we also have a four plus one segment i hope everyone is easily transitioning back into their school year routine hope everyone is staying cool in these dog days of summer talk to you at the end of the show It's 4 Plus 1, the top four songs from my beautiful 2013 Toyota Sienna. Did I mention that if I push a button, the doors open? Is there anything more beautiful than that? These are the top four songs that my kids request, plus one that I try to get them to listen to. Coming in at number four this week is What's That Sound by Milkshake. I think we played this one a total of 15 times altogether in the last two days. What's that sound? Does it make you want to frown and plug your ears when you hear At number three is The Sound of Sunshine by Michael Franté and Spearhead. I think this one truly is The Sound of Sunshine. Very, very catchy. Very, very upbeat. Number two is Dinosaur Round from Sandra Boynton's Rhinoceros Tap and 14 other seriously silly songs. This one is silly, for sure. How can I feed this dinosaur Who eats my lunch and asks for more More, more, more And coming in at number one is Dr. Doremi by Linda Arnold. I don't really have much to say about this one. Enjoy. Let's all sing the scale. And our plus one this week is You Shall See by G Love and Special Sauce. Hey, when's the last time you listened to G Love and Special Sauce? I think for me it was around 1997, but I was at a concert a few weeks ago and I saw a poster saying that G-Love would be coming to the same venue in September. So I went back and revisited, and I think this one's got the most killerest of killer bass lines and the drummiest of drummy sounds. Hope you enjoy it. If you liked anything you heard on this week's 4 Plus 1 Countdown, then you should check this stuff out. You can find all of this music on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Support these artists. Good stuff. 
I would like to welcome Ellen Allard to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Ellen? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing great. I uh, I can see, listeners can't see, but I see in the background of your house, I see a lot of drums and a lot of instruments. So I'm, I'm, I think we are ready to rock. Um, we are. So we're going to start at the beginning a little bit. When did you know that you wanted to have a career that involved kids' music? Oh, a very, very long time ago because that's what I went to college for. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I actually started, I shouldn't say that's not entirely true. I went to college to be a uh, concert pianist. Uh And when I finished my freshman year, I knew that I wanted to expand that and not just do concertizing, but that I wanted to teach. And so I got a split degree that was a combination of performing piano and also music education. So that kind of started me on my teaching career. And I did that. I taught in the uh, elementary school for four years. And that, after that, that kind of catapulted me um, into, I got my master's in education and then I just started teaching and performing for kids and I love it. Um, You're an expert at incorporating movement into your songs. Um, When you're working on a song, do you map out what you're going to do physically or does that happen as you get familiar with the song? That is a very good question. I would have to say both. Uh-huh. I, I do some planning or thinking about it. It often happens as I'm writing the song, and it becomes very obvious right almost from the get-go that there are going to be certain motions or movements to go with that. Uh-huh. But sometimes when I teach or perform the songs, the kids will give me ideas. Mm-hmm. Or just the opportunity, wherever I am in the situation, I'll get a new idea, and then that will get incorporated into future performances and teachings of that right. song. Right. So it's so you can go with the flow a little bit, right? Like if something cool oh, comes yeah. up, like you can definitely incorporate that into what you're doing. That's awesome. Um, so I've actually seen this. I've seen <laughs> uh, when I first met you uh, uh, several years ago, you were um, – Leading a group of adults like me in uh, in in in, ex- in sort of showing us um, your music and and much of it included like hand motions and standing up and being very active and very involved and um, I'm, I was a little skeptical at the start mm-hmm. of that I can't lie to you about that I was a little mm-hmm. skeptical but I was um, I was blown away and moved and excited by what you taught me and the music that you shared with me um, because it was uh, there was so much to it. I could connect the music to the movement, but there was also this like groove, right? You grooved, you were grooving and, and everything about it really resonated with me. So um, do you change when you're doing a workshop with adults, maybe other music teachers, do you change the shtick? Or are you just like, this is what I do. This is who I am. So if it works with a four, five, six-year-old, it's going to work with an adult as well. Oh, yeah. Whatever I do with kids, I do with adults. Whatever I do with adults, I do with kids. Yeah. Absolutely. There's uh, there's no uh, – there's, there's nothing that I'm doing differently with adults that I, you know, that I do with kids. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. Um, so your song, right? You Do you have a song that – Many people who listen to the Good Stuff Kids podcast know, and that song is Shofar Blast, right? Oh, yeah. And, and uh-huh. it, it's sung all over the country, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's sung at you know the high holiday time. And did you know 
when you were writing this, that it had the elements that would, that would make it singable? So, so two things. One, did you know you had a hit on your hands, right? That's the direct question. And two, um, did you purposefully make it so singable so that people could sing it even when you're not there? I wish that I could tell you that I wrote it with that much intentionality. <laughs> but the truth of the matter, the truth of the matter is that uh, oftentimes the way I write songs is I'll be driving in my car and all of a sudden something will just come over me and I will sing, you know, what amounts to a chorus. And sometimes even the verses come out, but oftentimes the chorus will come out. And then when I get home and I sit down with a guitar, the rest of the song sort of just spills out. So I wasn't, I wasn't deliberately trying to make a hit. I, I don't think I ever am deliberately trying to make a hit, but some songs just tend to be a hit more than others. Cool. So much of your music is very groovy and you're a very groovy person. And uh, so I'm wondering if you find that kids connect with music that is more rhythmic, right? Like with a sort of a more driving rhythm versus melodic, or do you, do you not have a, do not favor one over the other? I don't think I would, I would say that I favor one over the other because I think that the secret to building a good set list, whether you're doing a 10-minute class or a 30-minute class or a 45-minute concert, is having a real variety of styles and tempos and keys. So sometimes I, I'll do something really quiet and meditation-oriented, and other times I'm rocking and rolling and grooving. Uh-huh. So. It really depends. You are by yourself. So not <laughs> yeah. not a typical kids music situation, but you're like, I really like, you know, I love this song. Like I legitimately love this song. So you turn on your phone or you turn on the radio or you pop in a CD. What is that song? Well, most of the time I would have to say it's Alana Jagoda. Uh-huh. She is a wonderful, wonderful songwriter, singer, teacher, worship leader, and uh, I just love her songwriting. She's one of my absolute favorites, and she's been a student of mine, so I feel very proud of her and how far she's come. Cool. That is a great answer. I'll, I'll let I'll let Alana know that you said that. Pretty <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so um, you are a woman of many, many talents and skills. Um, how can uh, listeners to the podcast connect with you or, or find out more about you? Uh, well, they can. Um, I'm on Facebook and okay. Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and all that. So they can do that. They can email me at ellen at ellenallard.com, E-L-L-E-N-A-L-L-A-R-D. Uh, they can also find me at glutenfreediva.com, and they can also find me at kiddingaroundyoga.com slash Ellen Allard. So I also am certified to teach children's yoga. Really? Okay. So hang on. This is the thing. I'm, I'm new to the yoga game myself. I just started. Um, I can almost touch my toes. This is a very big deal. So what is, (laughs) what is it about, uh, what is it about yoga? that that yoga and kids that is that is appealing to you well i think that our children today are so pushed and pressed in so many different ways and tested and and stressed they're stressed that i think that if we can give them tools starting at an early age to learn how to self regulate and self have self control over their uh, the stress that they might be enduring mm-hmm. i think that that's something that they will then have 
for the rest of their life. So my mission is to do that. And uh, I also am, so I'm trained not only to teach kidding around yoga, but I'm also trained to teach a sort of subset of that called Yoga Yaladim. Okay. And now my mission is to create worship services that are for kids and families that incorporate yoga in a big way into the service. And if my dream comes true, it will be that I actually create uh, one or more CDs or DVDs that teach other people how to do this. Very awesome. Very awesome. I think yoga is legit. As someone who was a yoga skeptic um, for, for many years and, and uh, now that I've, I've tried it and done it for like several weeks now, <laughs> why didn't I do this sooner? That's my yeah, main yeah. thought. I love you. I love it. And it's, I'll tell you what, in a good yoga class, you can sweat. You know, if yeah, you're working yeah, yeah. hard, you, sure. you can you can work really and get your heart rate up too. Yeah, totally. Well, I can't thank you enough for, for taking some time to, to talk with me today. It was really great to talk to you and reconnect after a few years. Um, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so very much. And you have a great rest of your day. I'm really grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing because it's really important. Chew. Paging Dr. Eric. Paging Dr. Eric. You are needed at the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Dr. Eric, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you today, Mike? I'm good. It's been a long time since we had a, a consult, a medical consultation. Did you have a good summer? I had a great summer. You must have had a healthy summer if you did not consult Dr. Eric. <laughs> well, I was fairly healthy. I lost a pound. Fantastic. <laughs> I had no, I, I knew, like, if I was itchy, I knew why I was itchy. Um, needless to say, there was some farting. And we I'm knew sure why. there was. We knew why. But uh, I, have a, I have something that came up the other day. Please. So it, it wasn't me. Like, I, I just want to be really clear. This wasn't me. But, but a friend of mine <laughs> asked me. He, he came to me, or she, who knows? He or she came to me and said that they were accused of something. That they were, um, they were the owners of ear hair. Mm. Mm-hmm. They had ear hair, and it was brought to their attention by their kids. Now, remember, this wasn't me. So, of course, what, but it did make me wonder why would someone have ear hair? It doesn't seem like the part of our body that would need any kind of hair. Can you help us out? Yeah, it's a very, very strange thing. And I'm sure many of you listeners have seen your grandpas uh, or even dads with some strange appendages <laughs> of hair protruding from their ears, <laughs> nose, or unusual areas, or even sometimes disappearing from where you think the hair should be, such as the top of the head. Oh. Dr. Eric Dr. Eric is a victim of that. Uh, this is an audio uh, show, so you, so you listeners cannot see that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's very strange, isn't it, Mike? It's strange, and I'm not sure if... Uh you know, what kind of medical help is out there for, for people with the, uh, the ear hair protrusion. But luckily we have an expert to, to help us with this. Like why, why do we even have that? I mean, and yeah. when I say we, I don't mean me or you obviously, but like of some course. people. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure about medical breakthroughs in the treatment of this besides great tweezers, <laughs> but, but, but in terms of this phenomenon, 
It actually all has to do with hormones. Hormones? Yes. Huh. But I thought that hormones were something that afflicted, and I say afflicted in the true sense of the word, like 12 and 13-year-old boys and girls. Hormones have quite a strong force for the uh, adolescent child uh, going into their teens, uh, but they affect us during our entire lives and affect so many different parts of our body. Uh, they can control our temperature and our sleep and our energy levels, uh, how our bodies grow, and also affect hair. Uh-huh. And actually, a for men, in this case, this is you know typically more of a male affliction that we're talking about. Uh, the hairs on a man's body have different responses to hormones at different times in our lives as men. Oh. So when we are younger, we have a certain set of hormones, these things that go all over our body, uh, controlling lots of things. And the certain levels of these hormones we have give us lots of hair on our heads and help that hair grow strong. So, you know, you can have a, you know, very long hair or whatever kind of hair you want. And then as you get older, these hormones change. And as they change, they act differently on different parts of the body. So the head hairs don't grow as much for some men. But the ear and nose and sometimes even back hairs oh, no. <laughs> may grow more and more. Huh. And is there a way to reroute those hormones from, let's say, the back hair to the ear hair or to the nose hair or to the head hair? Or is it just the hormones go where the hormones go? Well, the hormones go where they go. I mean, there certainly are ways to reroute them, if you will, by taking certain, you know, medications, supplementation, most of which are not recommended, some of which are things that uh, people in sports take to help give them an advantage. Uh -huh. That's usually that's usually called cheating. Right. Yes, cheating, I've heard. Uh-huh. So, you know, I I think it depends on your your line of work. I think if you're sort of the average Joe like you and I just let the uh, ear hair grow and just let it trim grow. it, trim it if you will. You know, perhaps if your livelihood is being a movie star and you want to keep those ear hairs away, maybe you need to think about other options. Mm -hmm. So the last, maybe, but maybe that's your, your calling card is to have very <laughs> poofy ear hair. <laughs> Thank you what, so much. That's what gets you the rules. So I, I know that, um, you have a lot of people that come to your office with this problem all the time. And, uh, is there, is there, um, like, is there a purpose for this ear hair? Like I know that's like nose hair sometimes helps filter out dust and things like that. And, but does the ear hair have any kind of like net positive for us as people? I don't believe there's any net positive. <laughs> you know, the, the, the ears certainly can be the ears and nose and things like that tend to be areas more susceptible to getting very, very cold, mm -hmm. like, you know, frostbite when your skin gets very, very cold. So perhaps it maybe protects some of those areas when you get more hair. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast mm -hmm. that uh, 
nose hairs actually can pr- protect you from getting sick. Right. Yeah. Germs. They can capture. They can capture germs. So you right. you remember you've been listening, Mike. I have. It's fantastic. I have. I've, I have been listening to my podcast. <laughs> I love it. I guess you have. <laughs> uh, so perhaps more nose hair is protecting you from getting sicker as you get older, and you really need to protect your body. Huh, interesting. So that's a positive spin on something. And when we say this is an affliction, we are, of course, being tongue-in-cheek. It's just something that happens. Um, So, Dr. Eric, thank you for clarifying. And for those of you with ear hair trauma or the ear hair, ear hairitis, I guess the advice from Dr. Eric is, if you got it, flaunt it, braid it, faux hawk it, do whatever it is that you're going to do with your ear hair. Thanks, Dr. Eric. That is my advice. I agree, Mike. <laughs> um, but before we let you go, this is a, this is a big season for us. Um, you and I, I guess we should just put it out there publicly. You and me and even Josh the lawyer are all big fans of the Buffalo Bills. So whether yes. we like it or not, that's just who we are as people. It's in our blood. It's in our DNA. It's how we grew up. But what I want to know from you, if you are willing to make a stand and make a bold prediction what do you think the Buffalo Bills 2016-2017 record will be? Well, I'm not going to give you a number, but <laughs> I'll just let you know how I feel uh-huh. in that I have already stocked up on many, many boxes of tissues for the tears that I will shed during this terrible, terrible season. Oh, wow. You just said a lot without saying any numbers. Well, Dr. Eric, please send some tissues to me because I think I'm going to need some too. Thank you for your time. And uh, thanks for, for being the, of course, the outstanding medical consultant for the Good Stuff Kids podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Mike. Take care. See ya. See ya. humongous thank you to Ellen Allard. It was so great to talk to you. That was a little bit echoey in there, but we heard everything that you were saying loud and clear. I want to thank Dr. Eric, too, for explaining ear hair. I mean, you know, that's a serious thing. should not be taken lightly. So thanks, Dr. Eric, for clearing that one up. Of course, if you wanted to share this with a friend, by all means, this is a freebie. This is free. We're giving away the good stuff for free. So please share it with a friend. Share it with two friends. Share it with four friends. It's like It's like a Twix. It's like there's one for you and one for me or like a Kit Kat. I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. And now we'll hear the song Wonderful Shabbos Sound from the album Build It Up by Ellen Allard in its entirety. Friday, 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 Friday night the sun goes down. Friday, 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 Friday night the sun goes down. What a wonderful Shabbos sound with the singing going round and round on Friday, Friday night when the sun goes down. Friday, 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 Friday night when the sun goes down. Friday, 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 Friday night when the sun goes down. What a wonderful Shabbos sound the singing going round and round on Friday, Friday night when the sun goes down. Pour the wine, gonna pour the pour the wine, gonna pour the pour the wine with the Shabbos. Bye-bye.
Stuff.